This is the time that we all been waiting on The moment all the naysayers been hating on See, they've been talking down on us and flexing It'll take more than that for you to stop a Houston Texan A lot of teams talking tough and can't back it up But not the boys on Kirby so you can pack it up Reliant Stadium is where you can find us With the whole city of Houston, Texas standing behind us See, we've been waiting on this one for 10 years Sacrificing our bodies with blood, sweat, and tears But now we're focused and we're showing no fear When we blast through the tunnel, you hear the crowd cheer Deep steel, blue, rally red, all the liberty white We came dressed up and ready to fight We are the mighty Houston, Texas, and we don't play So now I guess it's only one thing to say, baby all right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am young Ari Gold, and I am here with my friend and co-host, John Wade, the Garnet Texan. And John, we uh, had a disappointing night in Game of Thrones, but you had a awesome night last night in your Rockets tying the series to the Warriors. Are you... Uh, how optimistic are you feeling about your chances of winning this series? Um, well, I'm a Houston fan, so how optimistic am I ever about anything? Zero. Yeah, so, but you know what? Um, but I'm cool with it. I'm very, very cool with us going 2-2 and beating the shit out of the Warriors. Like, we may not win, Whoa, but we are... Be easy. We are punishing them. Just straight up punishing them. And, You're out hustling them. Yes. And... PJ Tucker is the difference maker in this series, dude. He's been he's been an absolute beast. And then Eric Gordon, I mean, well, I mean Gordon, he's your, Gordon is he's your second star because Chris Paul's awful. Well, Gordon is what Gordon always is. He gets hot, and when he gets hot, he can carry the team. And Harden's been playing just as well as Durant, even though national media will never admit to that. Oh no, like, I know. never ever. And Steph's hurt. Oh, Steph's up. Steph's hurt. Say it. Say it. Please say it. Please say it. Please say it. Please say it. Yeah. He's a bitch. I thought you were going to say pussy, but I'll settle for bitch. That's fine too. No, he's a bitch. Like, I, I just, I, I cannot believe it. I cannot stand Steph Curry. It's funny. A couple of years ago when the, when the Warriors were first start, started building. And I think a little bit of it was part of like reading Bill Simmons about how he talked about how great the uh, Warriors fans were like, there was a time where I was like, yeah, I want them to be good. That time is long. Steph Curry is, and I mean, there was Steph Curry is the kid that has his parents bring him like Chick-fil-A every day for lunch in like first grade. And then the rest of these kids are eating like the cardboard pizzas and every kid just hates him. That's, that's Steph Curry. And like, if you pick on him at all, he just squeals. That's, that's, oh yeah, and he's he's the uh, he's the teacher's pet. Yeah, he's the teacher's pet. Probably he's never probably never done anything wrong that he gets caught with. But as soon as you turn, yeah, as soon as the teacher turns his back or her back, she, he's throwing he's throwing he's stuff. throwing crayons and all that shit. Yeah. But the teacher doesn't see it, so he's an angel in her eyes. That's how much yep. of a bitch Steph Curry is. Plus, he just looks like a bitch. <laughs> like whatever. All right, uh, but on to the Texans. I, I really hope you guys win the series, though. I've watched every game. I'm truly invested um, yeah it's gonna give me a heart attack like it really is <laughs> what happens uh after this year though say you guys don't win like what do you do with chris paul that has to be I a topic of conversation i don't even know i mean what can I mean, you do you're, you're you're asking the wrong person i don't know i'm i'm kind of terrified after this year um i really am it's we're gonna use the mid-level on on rivers and then I don't know, dude. I really don't. It's. Do you ship Capella and Paul? Like, is Capella the piece? But we don't. But, have, we don't have another rim protector. Like, who do we go out and, and get? I don't know, but I mean, I think that that's the only piece you have that you could add Paul to to get anything in return. So, at and I this, love Capella. I think I think he's better in another offense. I think the offense makes Capella. To tell you the truth, yeah. When the lob game's going, that's what makes Capella. Now. I, at this point, because Maury always does craziness, I, I've stopped trying to predict what the Rockets will do during the offseason. I mean, last time I tried predicting last year, and I thought for sure they would make it a, at least a legitimate run at LeBron, and none of that ever actually materialized. You can have them. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> um, so I've, I've given up on trying to predict them. The Here's what I think happens. I think you guys trade Clint Capella and Chris Paul – and a couple picks to uh, New Orleans. 
for Anthony Davis. Yep. I wouldn't be opposed to that, but I just don't see it happening. I do. I think that it'll give them an out in two years, which they can afford. They're in a full rebuild. So paying Chris Ball is not going to be a problem. Gives them another perimeter or another uh, center to build around. They have shooters. Uh, They're going to draft well. Like they they have the infrastructure there to be ready to go again in another two to three years. And and there's not going to be another superstar that wants to sign in New Orleans. So they're going to have to get rid of them anyways. And it's only going to be the Lakers now that are willing to trade for them. Kyrie's going to go to the Knicks. Like, there's not enough pieces, but a Chris Paul, Clint Capella, and two firsts could be enough to get Anthony Davis on a year where he's on an expiring contract. For the most part that I can read from Twitter and kind of divine from Twitter, it seems like they're going to make another run at Jimmy Butler for whatever reason. We seem to want him. Who, you guys? Yeah. It seems for whatever reason. Can you guys do that? Do you guys have enough? I don't know. I didn't know you guys had enough for Jimmy. James, Clint, and Paul. Well, I don't think that Capella would be sticking around if we go after Butler. I just, I can't see it. But I don't, I don't know. Again, basketball, basketball free agency on the is Lakers. harder to follow than NFL free agency. There's few, there yeah, are fewer really guys and there's so many tricks and it's usually pretty cut and dry. You know in, in football who you just can't get. Like, you you know. But the way that they've gotten so creative with taking advantage of everything in the NBA, anything's possible. And Maury's one of the best. So, I mean, fingers crossed that it's something good, but we'll see. If not the best. And it's just, I mean, we haven't had a horrible team in Houston in a while. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll make sure that I put that in the uh, description of the podcast that we talked rockets for five minutes so we don't get blasted like we did that one time Um, part of me wanted to just turn this into an entire rockets podcast i can talk rockets podcast i can do a rockets podcast for the rest of i mean i could i could do it i'm i'm prepared to do it i think Um, i think we'd get a little a little bit of hate uh yeah we'd get a little bit of hate um i mean okay so let's just spend like let's spend four more minutes on this um is kd the best player in the league Best score. Best score. And that's another thing that I hate about the Warriors because it made it's made me hate KD because I like KD. I know. KD was my favorite player before he went to the Warriors. I, yeah. Fuck the Warriors. Just, I truly loved KD. Yeah. Well, I mean, he played at Texas. He's. I don't care it, about that. I just think he's an amazing <laughs> player. And he, was, he is a great player. He's, he's really good. He's frustrated. When you're playing against him and you're – Year in, year out, with the uh, Rockets and the Warriors, he is the most frustrating player to watch. Like I feel as though you can stop Steph, you you can. Um, Clay Thompson, I I've never really understood the hype around him, and there's just nothing you can do about KD. Absolutely nothing you can do. When he is bound and determined, he's going to be bound and determined, and he's going to get his. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I he he's unguardable. I mean, I think he's the first player that you could say in a league that has had so many amazing players that he's truly unguardable. I mean, he could pull up on anybody. Um, he he's an amazing player. I hate that he's in Golden State. I really don't want him to go to the Knicks either, though, because that makes it even worse. That right? That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't. Well, at least really... we won't have to worry about them in the playoffs but shit <laughs> but and and then you know i would love for him to come to the lakers but i don't think he will and i know you guys wouldn't want that but um the young guys and and kd would be and lebron would be pretty nice but let's talk about oklahoma city how do they let kd and harden go yeah i mean i think they all thought that they well i mean they it's not like they let kd go right but they had both of them together Westbrook, as amazing of an athlete and player he uh, he is, um, he really is. I'm, I I've, I was a huge fan of Westbrook coming into the season. Have been for the last five years. This season really kind of showed me that like that narrative that's around him is so accurate, and it's to the point to where you really can't defend it anymore. I mean, they have a talented team outside of just him and Paul George too. Well, they have players. I mean, Oklahoma that can play. City essentially chose Westbrook over Harden and KD, which, which is me... a bad decision. Yeah. Of those three, that's walk. of the three, that's the one I would let rock walk. 
Yeah, but we didn't know that about Harden at that time. You could kind of see it. I remember watching the games. Daryl Morey didn't when even he was, know, though. Yeah, but you could kind of see it because what was hard for me to kind of wrap my head around was everybody always talking about Harden being a choker in the playoffs in Houston. When I remember the reason that I was excited that we traded for Harden was how he took over the playoffs when he was with OKC. No, yeah. It was, I mean, I literally just watched it the other day. It was on Twitter. I mean, he was phenomenal. He, with a team that had Westbrook and KD on it, when Harden was out there, he was the best player on the floor. And you could even see that then, even if he was a sixth man. I think you can make the argument he's the best player on the floor this series so far. Yeah. I, well, I'm biased now. So, of course, I can make that argument. I mean, that, I'm not biased. Of course, so I can make that argument. Based on the play that I've seen and based on, on the clutch, like that step back, like just everything he's done in the series and what he's had to deal with, and then the fact that like he just continues to get punished and hit in the face and like all this bullshit that continues to happen, like being raped in the face a second time, like intentionally, like there's no way for anybody to defend that video of, well, it wasn't last night, was it? Yeah, it was last night. Yeah, like you, there's nothing you can do. Like that was an intentional thing. And then when you watch what KD did to Chris Paul with the elbow, like even though he didn't make contact, if you watch it in slow-mo, the fact that he looked at Chris Paul, saw him and threw the elbow, like they're just getting away with so yeah. much. Oh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing I will say about Harden. Harden is not the best athlete, and it's I hate this narrative that he's out there looking for contact. He can't get separation he has to play with contact he's not i love harden harden's one of my obviously he's houston i have to um and i'm sure if he was on another team i would hate his guts but you'd probably be in the same boat everybody else is but when you really really watch him and watch him i don't know hundreds of times over the past couple of years you realize he has that contact isn't him trying to initiate it. He's just, he's not quick enough to get that separation. He plays smarter and it is kind of more of a grind. If you watch some, if you watch in comparison to the golden state and KD where it's smooth and quick ball movements with Harden, you just don't get that, but you get smart plays. He creates separation kind of like a crafty wide receiver, just like that half step opening which leads yeah he, he runs, runs great routes. routes and that's why there's so much contact with him and i the national broadcasts are the worst thing in the world to, to fucking watch because they're like this is harden's game he has to initiate contract it's like bullshit he's trying to get away from it dude don't you see this well yeah and then jason braddock uh tweeted out today Amount of free throw attempts in the regular season, James Harden was number one at 11.6. In the postseason, he is number five at 6.2. No. And his game has not changed. So that that shows that something well, else they, has changed. That they is never call as many fouls during the regular or during the postseason. But Giannis is up, and George is up, and Durant is up. They're all doubled what they oh, had wow. in the regular season. Only one down is James oh. Harden. Granted, it it has always worried me about how many fouls he takes. That's why I kind of think that we get burned out and during the playoffs. He just runs out of steam. He gets beat up just like a football player. All right. Let's wrap this up. Um, I think that if you guys want to win this series, I think you guys have to win game five. I think the only way you guys can win this series is if you win game five. And the reason being is because – they need to feel a blow tomorrow night and not have a, a, glim, a glimmer of hope. If they win tomorrow night, if the Warriors win, I feel like they think their window's open. I don't think that you guys can go to Game 7 and win. You know, I'm not going to argue that, but there's, there's a lot of quit. I think it has to continue. Team. There's a, there is a lot of quit. I, I would mean, agree. You saw it the other night where they were only down five points and they just they quit, straight up quit. There's... This team doesn't have that same do-or-die hunger that they used to have. And granted, they haven't had it to that quite same level since KD came on. And partly because they've just been so much better than everybody. And they're in a they're in a tough fight with the Rockets again. And this year, God, I, we've 
I agree. We got to win Friday night. If we win Friday night, we might be able to do it. I just hate getting my hopes up because that team has so much fucking talent. It's not even fair. Well, either way, the good thing about, I mean, unfortunately, I would prefer for the Rockets to win the championship, but if they don't, this Golden State team's not going to be this Golden State team next year. So at least this, this crap is finally over. That, yeah, like the Kevin Durant stuff is gone. Um, I don't know. All right, let's get into some Texans because that's why we're here. Um, we signed a safety, John. We signed Jadila Dye, a box safety from the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, the scouting report on him is do not put him in coverage and just let him make tackles in the open field. And he will do an extremely good job if he's left alone to cover. Um, you're probably going to be a bit concerned. From what I hear, he is basically Kareem Jackson the first three years with the Texans. Yeah, that's what... Uh, and that's 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 the player we're getting. That's what I was going to call him. Just a poor man's Kareem Jackson. He's not quite the athlete that Kareem is. Um, I mean, obviously, Kareem was a first-round pick. This guy was undrafted. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. He was an undrafted free agent. However, same sort of game. If you let him keep everything in front of him and tell him to go hit somebody, he's going to do it. Same sort of hits that Kareem has where you're like, okay, we're going to lose you for targeting. So essentially what we've done is we've got a good rotational safety group now. Um, yeah, well, I we still have guys that, that do a little bit of everything. Yeah, I still think that it would be nice if we could go get another safety that covers. But we've got I the still want in. Eric Berry. I thought he signed. Nope. He hasn't signed? Nope. I would take a chance on him. We'll see. Well, I mean, we'll see Friday when. Today. Is it today? I thought it was. It's today. Today at 4 p.m. All okay. compensatory. T- we'll, we'll get into that. But yeah, it's today at 4 p.m. Yeah. Either way, it's this week. But I figured by I figured by about Friday, that's when the the signings would start to tri- or start to trickle in. Trickle in. But we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jadila Dye, he's going to give us uh, special teams, which is what we need. He's going to give us a guy that can tackle. Um, He's definitely a big hitter. Great. I mean, outside of Kareem and Justin Reed, that's all we had. We all know Tyron Matthew couldn't hit if he wanted to. Um, So, I mean, it's a complimentary piece. We have a rotational piece. um, And we have a veteran, which I think was really one of the bigger things outside of Tayshawn Gibson was having another veteran piece behind Justin Reed. So, um, I mean, the guy's probably going to make the team unless some undrafted guy takes it from him. But I mean, given the fact that we only have really three safeties on the roster I, outside of the undrafted guys, this guy's got a pretty good shot at making the team. I think they're count, counting Buddy BBC. Oh, are they counting him as a safety? I think they're counting him as a safety. Really? Just the way that it, the roster. Is looking. Yeah, I think they're kind of coming to safety. I mean, he played some safety. Well, he was that. He was one of those tweeners that played both safety and corner. And if he played corner, it was a slot corner. So I think they're counting him as a safety. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, also today, the Texans brought in Marquette King, uh, former All-Pro punter um, of the Oakland Raiders. Uh, ended up getting hurt because he was punting a way that he didn't want to punt, but the Raiders wanted him to punt, ended up hurting his hip, um, became somewhat of a diva, according to national media and some of the stories that were out there. Uh, signed with the Broncos, only lasted four games, was cut, and now the Texans brought him in today for a visit. Um, we haven't signed him yet. If anything, if uh, just my thoughts, and love, John, I'd love to get yours, but last year, Trevor Daniels in camp was in a Heavy, heavy competition for the punter spot with Shane Leckler, Hall of Fame punter Shane Leckler, who was turning 40. Uh, Trevor Daniels won that job. Trevor had a good rookie year, but he didn't have a Shane Leckler year. He didn't have a great year as a punter. And I think this is, if this does, if the signing does happen, this is just a competition for camp. Hey, Trevor, you did a great job last year, but we need more. We're going to try to push you. That's all I see it as. John? Yeah. No. Um, we'll, we'll see. 
Marquette King has he played for Sealy before in um, Oakland, and he he's had he has a really really high ceiling. He's he's shown the ability to be a really good punter. So he was the best punter. If you can get him, if you can get him cheap, bring him in, and yeah, it's always looking to upgrade. They've got to have that mentality. Always looking to upgrade. Nobody should ever be safe. Especially a punter, especially special teams, especially yep. with this new emphasis on just getting better at special teams. Yep. No, I agree. I mean, if it happens, okay. I mean, that means that they saw something uh, in camp that made him the player that he was originally um, before he got hurt. So, um, and punters end up playing a long time. He's still relatively young. So, um, if that's the 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 path they go, that then it is what it is. If we get better punt play, that's, I mean, when you can flip the the field position, I mean, that's what you want to do when you're punting the ball. So um, if Marquette King can be a better punter than Trevor Daniels, then great. I, I like Trevor Daniels. I thought he did a – considering that he was a rookie last year, I thought he had a hell of a year. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Like, you have to have competition at every position, and that's how you do it. So, Yeah, I'm not going to throw a fit if we sign him. Nah, me neither. And I'm not going to be heartbreaking, heartbroken if we don't. It's just one of those types of deals that, hey, maybe it'll be something, maybe it won't. Yeah, I'm just going to have to get rid of my Trevor Daniels jersey, which I, I don't look forward to, but whatever. Hey, man, I told you not to waste your money on a punter. I, I, know, I know, I know. I just Mister, thought you're like, oh, we get a new punter, he'll be with us for 20 years. Yeah, exactly. We had Shane, you know, we had Shane for like four years. You know, I was like, all right, you know, if, Shane, if we would have had Shane a little younger, he probably would have stayed with us even longer. But I thought Trevor Daniels was the future of the punting, but whatever. Um what can you do? Hey guys, Young Ari Gold here. Make sure you guys go to patreon.com backslash Texans Unfiltered and check out our patron page. This page is used for our loyal listeners, our day ones, and, and our new listeners that truly enjoy and look forward to this podcast coming out every week. We use that those donations to be able to pay for hosting, uh, interviews, uh, website, basically anything else that we do to continue to try to push this podcast forward. Um, this week, we actually started a new tier where we spent 30 minutes previous or prior to the show uh, talking with our patrons, uh, talking a little bit about what um, the upcoming podcast is going to look like, what we should talk about. We talked a little bit about Marvel, Game of Thrones, music, the Rockets. Uh, it just gives you guys an opportunity to connect with us and make this a little bit more personal for you. So uh, make sure you guys go to patreon.com backslash Texans Unfiltered. Every little bit helps. Um, and we are here for you guys every week, and we will continue to be. Thank you guys so much for your support. Uh, all right, John, I wanted to talk about position coaches because uh, I think it's a part of uh, the team that doesn't necessarily get talked about enough. Um, I know that there's one position coach that is under a ton of scrutiny, and deservedly so, uh, in Mike Devlin. Um, do you think that Devlin is the only position coach on the hot seat or do you think that there are more coaches that have the potential to be on the hot seat or do you think it's the whole coaching staff really? Well, I mean, other than Devlin, every single coach, it seems to turn over every year, right? This coaching staff is constantly in flux. So everybody's always on the hot seat. Devlin, this, I mean, this is his make or break year, um, which I'm, he's got a great reputation around the league, apparently. I mean, just from what I've read, he's one of the more well-respected offensive line coaches in the league. However, like you've said, other than making Kendall Lamb, <laughs> at least an NFL player, maybe not a great NFL player, but at least making him an NFL quality player is about the most that he has done since he's been with the Texans. Granted, until recently, we haven't really thrown a whole bunch of resources into the offensive line. So he does kind of have that as his excuse. But I don't know. It just We haven't had a great offensive line since he's been here. And the thing that's also very concerning to me is he's also the run game coordinator. And you've heard my rants in the past about our run game. So he's definitely the usual suspect, number one. I just actually think that it's more for the run game than just offensive line play. And then after that, 
I would say it's our secondary. So Anthony Midget came in and replaced John Butler. John Butler was another guy that was very well respected in the league. However, he's also an asshole. That's pretty which I like. Yeah, but that's pretty much why they said that they let him go. Um they were just he wasn't connecting with with the players in a in a way that they wanted. He's a known asshole. That's why they let him go. And that's why they gave Midget a chance is because he's more of a player's coach. However, I mean, dude, if our secondary is anything like it was last year, I can't, they've got to go out and get somebody else, right? Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know if he'll get, if it'll be a one and done for Midget, uh, but the cornerback group is, as a whole is going to have to be a lot better than what it was well, last year. It would be two year. and done. Um Oh, technically, yeah, you're right. Um, my actual hot seat position coach is Anthony Weaver. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, I know he's highly respected. I know he's done a lot of good stuff. But really, honestly, what has he done for our defensive line outside of J.J. Watt, Jadavian Clowney, Whitney Merciless, who any team could have made into who they were? Uh, Covington was average. Uh, he was coming into his home. Maybe he'll be better in Dallas. Uh, Blackson, Dunn, and Heath. Um, I mean, the I don't know yet, right? Um, what he does with Charles Amenahu is going to be big. Uh, but we need to find another pass rusher outside of the big three. And I feel like we've been looking for that for years, and we haven't been able to well, find I was I'm not talking about a 16-sack guy. I, I'm just talking about an above average defensive end or outside. Well, I was just going to point out at Blackson, Dunn, Reader, and Heath, and even... I don't know about Reader. Reader's talented. I mean, look at the resources we use to pick those guys up and look at what we've gotten out of them. So I think... I I, I can't see Weaver. Maybe. I mean, wouldn't be the first time I'm wrong. But. No, I'm not saying he's necessarily on the hot seat. I'm saying in my mind, I would like to see... I would like to see more from the defensive line. Yeah, I'd like to see growth, but we've we've seen quite a bit from guys that we haven't spent a lot of resources on. I guess I don't know. I I, I just I, I mean I, just I, put it in comparatively. Like these are all six round picks and undrafted free agents. Now, if you're saying that your issue with him is higher rank, higher drafted or higher salary players aren't producing, that would be fine, but. I mean, what, I'm looking for more consistent salary? play. How about, so, how about consistent play is what I'm looking for. Eh, I mean, we're looking for another pass rusher. I don't think that's on Weaver. I think that's on the guys. I think that I actually think that has definitely been the hand that has been dealt to him. Fair. Okay. If there was another player in there that was drafted as a, as a pass rusher that we needed to develop, out of the guys that we just mentioned, and he hadn't, and he hadn't progressed, then I would understand your point. But I mean, think about the pass rushers that we've developed belong to the linebackers coach. That's true. So. That's true. I guess I'm just, and, and maybe Duke works out. Um, and again, that wouldn't be under Weaver. That'd be under. Oh, um, true, true. That'd be an outside linebacker. That'd be under yeah. Pagano. That'd be on Pagano. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I, I I expected more from Covington. I expected more from Blackson last year. This will be Heath's fourth year. I've ex- I've expected more from Heath. Um, yeah, maybe I'm just nitpicking, but yeah, I don't know. I just thought it'd be interesting because, like, going back to Mike Devlin, like we're literally talking about an assistant coach or a co- or a head or a coach of a certain position group that has not been able to turn out consistent production. Um, or consistent development on one of the more important position groups on the team. And I can't well, point to one Rick player. Devlin, the only high pick that he's missed has been Xavier Seofilo. And, and Nick Martin. I mean, maybe with Nick. Maybe. I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm concerned with him. He's not where he needs to be. However, I still think part of that's just an injuries. He just finally got a whole season through. So if he doesn't take a jump, I mean, yeah, we, I go back to Devlin 
there's a lot of reasons to go back to Devlin. Right. Like, I'm not trying to defend him. However, I wouldn't compare any of the other coaches in a similar position to Devlin because for the most part, like you can't pick out our wide receivers. Our wide receivers are good. You can't, especially for what, for what has been given to them. Everybody has performed at least at the level that was expected of them. No. Yeah. Um, we have, we have consistently developed tight ends. Just we haven't developed a fantasy stud at tight end. Yeah, but we have developed something with our tight ends. And then and that's Tim Kelly. And now he's not there. So yeah, not a, other than Devlin, I really don't have Devlin and, and Midget. Those are of course the two areas of need. We knew it was the areas of need. And they're also the two guys that that I'd keep a keep a lookout on. Yeah, I'm excited about Carl Smith though. Yeah, I, oh, I am. I'm definitely am. He's one of the few quarterbacks coaches that actually teaches a quarterback where to escape. Right. That's going to be interesting. And he just wants to be a quarterback coach. So I. Yeah. No. I. I it's just. It's. It's going to be interesting to be able to see what he can do with Deshaun and what what Deshaun already brings. Um, but you're right; like he's one of the he like he's the quarterback coach when it's where to go on the field. Um, yeah, that that's going to be one of those that could end up being one of those head co- or assistant coach signings that we look back in a couple of years and we're like, wow, we all knew Deshaun was great, but now it's like a whole nother level of great. And we'll be around to point it out because nobody else is going to. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, all right. So let's get into. Um, so as of today at 4 p.m., any available free agent can be signed without the loss of a compensatory pick. I wanted to go by position group on areas that I thought we could add competition and better players. Um, so I took out quarterback. I took out tight end. I took out well, fullback's not an option. I took out. Um, I took out safety now. Just oh no, I think I left safety. Yeah, I left safety in here. Um, actually, no, I didn't. I took safety out just because I don't see them signing a, another safety. But um, we have running backs, wide receivers edge defenders, defensive tackles, linebackers, and cornerbacks. John, where would you like to start this conversation? Probably the running backs. Okay. So available running backs as of today, Jay Ajayi, LeGarrette Blunt, Alfred Morris, Bilal Powell, Stephen Ridley, Darren Sproles, Buck Allen, Ryan Grant, Rod Smith, Alex Collins. Um, now, Alex Collins, I don't see us touching based on the police report, correct? Yeah, no, he's he's not coming here. Um, so out of that group of running backs, uh, I know who you're high on, uh, but who do you think the Texans could go after that would make an impact on this team? Honestly, I think Buck Allen, Ryan Grant, or Rod Smith. I still think we need a pass-catching running back. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, why did I even talk? Like everybody knows that I've been complaining about it for two <laughs> years now. <laughs> Probably longer than that. So no Darren Sproles. Ever since we let Grimes walk. I still I shit. I'd still go out there and sign Grimes. I will always love Grimes. I'd sign Darren Sproles. Really? I mean, look what he did to us last year. <laughs> yeah, but you only get three games out of him. I mean, those three games tend to be pretty big games every single time. Yeah, fair enough. But uh, I, I, I don't really, know enough about Ryan Grant. Ryan Grant, he's a guy that he's a fast guy, right? Yeah, he's he's a really fast guy. He's one of those guys that when he has the ball in his hand, things do tend to happen. But he's on the smaller side, and I believe he was at Jacksonville, and it was one of those where they just never used him. However, every time they used him, you're like, granted, because I'm a Texans fan, I'd say please don't use him anymore. So I'm. I'm actually I'm a fan of Ryan Grant. I think Rod Smith would do well here. Buck Allen would be good, and I think Buck Allen would do well here. I also think I mean also think Bilal Powell. He's shown flashes up in New York, and again, we're not looking for feature backs. We're not looking for guys that when you 
uh, fantasy football title. I'm just looking for our guys that can help us win games here as Texans. Yeah, no, I think and uh, we're, we're looking for basically role players at the running back position. Uh, guys that can have different skill sets than what we currently have on our team. And basically everybody that you mentioned would be exactly that. I know a lot of Texans fans want JHI, but I just, I don't, I mean, I get it. Like it'd probably be, wouldn't be expensive. And if he's in, but I just don't know what he gives you that you don't already have. Yeah. JHI is somebody that I could see us picking up halfway through the year. If somebody gets hurt, as he's one of those guys that, same thing with um, Darren Sproles. You're going to get three solid games out of him, and then he's going to get hurt again. And his running style is very similar to Deontay Foreman. Right. Um, okay. All right, so that's the running back group. Wide receivers. Uh, Michael Crabtree, Des Bryant, Pierre Garçon, Dontrell Enman, Jermaine Curse, Rashard Matthews, DeAnthony Thomas, Mike Wallace, and Terrence Williams. The names that I see on this list that I think would be beneficial for this team, uh, DeAnthony Thomas, uh, Jermaine Curse, and actually Pierre Garçon. Really? Yeah. I was going to say I've only got two, and that would be Dontrell Inman and Jermaine Curse. Everyone else is too old or just not proven effective enough, even with limited touches. Maybe DeAnthony Thomas as like a gadget player, maybe. I like the Anthony Thomas a lot. Yeah, he's just never actually done anything. Yeah, but where could he have? I mean, he's with the Chiefs. Right, but look at that. I mean, they had Tyree Kill. Like, who else are you going to throw to? You had Tyree Kill and uh, Sammy Watkins, like, and then Travis Kelsey. Like, I, I don't see how he could have targets. I mean, he was one of the... It's funny because... Kiki was considered a DeAnthony Thomas clone, but he could actually catch the ball. So maybe if worst thing happened, Kiki can't get better with his hamstrings and DeAndre Carter is just, you know, meh. Then Thomas maybe is a spark, but Dontrell, Erm- Dontrell Inman and Jermaine Curse are really the only two that I would have any interest in. And then even then, they're just still kind of maybe camp bodies. Curse would be a great insurance if Fuller got hurt. Yep. But hey, Can we talk about DeAndre Carter for a second? Sure. Uh, DeAndre Carter. So I'm seeing a lot of people that are saying that they expect one of the undrafted free agents to take his spot. Um, and, and part of me just wonders, like, did they – pay attention to like the improvement that DeAndre Carter brought to this team last year on special teams. And then what he was able to do in a pinch um, as a wide receiver. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong to think that or. I mean, like I said, just even a little while ago, everybody's roster spot is up for competition or should be. And with him being the fourth receiver, of course he should be up for, for competition. Now I don't, think that he would lose out but you never know i mean you you never know there's always a chance however slim it may be but yeah, of the guys just... i mean kiki kuti is not going anywhere will fuller's not going anywhere deandre hopkins is yeah yeah deandre hopkins is he's gonna get cut by an undrafted free agent so somebody that's what i'm saying i'm somewhere. seeing I'm, I'm i'm seeing like uh, look i get it we we had success with arian foster and aj bouye i get it right like diamonds in the rough they worked but to think that that's going to happen every year, it's just not the way the league works. And I, I saw a couple like projected 53 man rosters and they had four or five undrafted. Some guy had six undrafted uh, free agent rookies making this team. Yeah, that's not happening. That's not happening. Like that's a that's a pure stretch. Maybe one. And the biggest chance that that can happen is going to be the running back position. Yeah. Is that fair? Or No, I agree with you. I, they're, based on averages, we may have three that make the team. I, and it, you saw me tweeting this out the other day where I don't understand why people get so excited over undrafted free agents when just for perspective, there's been less than 20 
receivers that have signed as undrafted free agents and had a thousand yard season. The odds of it happening are extremely rare. The odds of one of these guys hitting is extremely rare. Now we've been, we've been lucky. And I think us hitting on Arian Foster is what's really kind of, you know, colored our vision on this. And then the guys that do hit like the Adam Thielens, it's a great, great story. It's a great story. So you hear it all the time, but the odds of it actually happen, not very high. We shouldn't put our rest on that. If we're, or we're not, we shouldn't rest our hopes in that. If we're resting our hopes in our undrafted free agents coming in and being the next Adam Thielen or the next Arian Foster, then we're just bound to get hurt. And our team's not going to be very good. That's a great way to put it. I mean, it, it's just not something that happens on a regular basis. And most of these guys end up being, you know, or not even most of them, they're like, I think it's like 25% end up being like role players on a team. But outside of that, like, the Adam Thielens, the Arian Fosters, the Julian Edelmans, or the, you know, all, all the all the undrafted guys that you hear, it's a great story. But understand that that's really what it is, is it's truly just a great story and isn't something that happens every year. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I just, I find it interesting that, I mean, I, I agree that competition is great. We need to bring it in, in every position. But when you watch what DeAndre Carter did to our team last year on special teams, it's just kind of hard to, I, I don't see an undrafted guy being able to do what DeAndre Carter did. So. And I mean, not right off the back. DeAndre Carter had to develop. He was an undrafted guy as well, but this was his third year in the league. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it takes time for these guys. There's a reason why they are undrafted. I agree 100%. All right, let's get to edge defenders. That would be defensive ends and outside linebackers. Um. Uh, okay, so Ezekiel Ansa, Shane Ray, Sam Acho, Connor Barwin, Kona Ely, William Hayes, Michael Johnson, DeAndre Jordan, Matt Longar, Care, Pernell McPhee, Derek Morgan, Nick Perry, Frosty Rucker, Derek Shelby, and Frank Zombo. I went last time. John, on this list, if you were to bring in a player that you think could compete and be a starter on this team, who would you pick? Um, Ziggy Anza. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, of course. Didn't Derek Morgan retire? Um, I don't think so. I thought he did. I don't he know. Just got, he just got cut by the Titans? Yeah, he did. Okay. Well, the fact that he got cut by the Titans means I, I don't like... I, he was a pretty good player for them for, for many years. Um, Really, it's not a very good list. There's no. not a lot out there. Uh, Shane Ray would be quality- interesting. Just because yeah. he was a first-round pick, right? And that whole stigma. Um, I mean, highly touted guy. Um, lot, there's a lot to like, but never panned out in a team that he probably should have panned out on. Like when you talk about uh, going to the right team and being in the right position, Shane Ray went to that exact situation. And he's flashed at times. He's just never been consistent. He would be, I I mean, maybe the Texans would be a good fit for him because there's not as much pressure on him and he can, we just, if we actually are relying on him, somebody's hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, I don't don't think there's a ton on here. Um, I like Deion Jordan. Um, Inconsistent. Lots of, lots of, he's flashed as well. Um, Michael Johnson's flashed. But yeah, I agree. Like Ezekiel Ansa would be awesome. I just we're not gonna spend Ezekiel Ansa money. But maybe no. maybe we won't have to. I don't know. That'd be a big signing. <laughs> that would be, but it's it's not it's a happening. Pipe dream. Yeah, no, it's a pipe dream. All right, uh, let's go to defensive tackle. Best available cor- currently: uh, Corey Lidget, uh, Nadamikatsu, Muhammad Wilkerson, Alan Bailey, Tyler Davis, Dominique Easley, Rodney Gutner. Ziggy Hood, Ricky Jean Franchos, uh, Zach Kerr, Earl Mitchell, Ataiba Rubin, and Danny Shelton. Um, let's just go ahead and get the Nadamikin Sioux stuff out of here because that's not happening. Um, I've been, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Muhammad Wilkerson. I always have been. Um, but he's really more of a 3 4 defensive end than a defensive tackle. He'd be a DT in a 4 3, but um, 
I think Muhammad Wilkerson would be fantastic opposite of JJ. I, I honestly would be fine with him signing another one-year deal with us like he did with the Packers last year and just seeing if in this defense he could be uh, a, a pretty good piece because the skill set is there. Um, but yeah, on this list, I mean, who who do you see that you would like to bring in? Not really anybody, hmm. <laughs> to tell you the okay. truth. Um, I would love for us to make a run at Sue, even though he's an asshole and I hate him. But could you imagine somebody like Sue to push the pocket? Oh, it'd be awesome. I mean, I would love to have Sue. I just, he's such an asshole. I don't think we'll do it. Yeah, we're not going to do it. But I mean, other than that, it's again, are people really interested in this? This is scraping the barrel, the absolutely scraping the bottom of the barrel at this point. Yeah, I um, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel because there's not a lot of talk about this right. week, John. So um, please don't shit on my uh, <laughs> on my agenda uh, this late into the podcast. Okay, it's ten thirty on a Tuesday, um, and I had no idea where to go. So I thought maybe, <laughs> just maybe, this would work. Well, I mean, I'm getting depressed hearing some of these names, and I'm like, <laughs> really? These guys are still in the league, like. <laughs> Obviously, they're not really still in the league. They're still free agents at this point. There's a couple that, I mean, there's a couple of guys that would be that are okay for depth. But you're not getting excited about any of this. It's the uh, what's the little cartoon where you have that little the little party favor and goes, we bang, like, and it's just like a little little pop. Oh yeah, like, that's it. Okay, all right. Well, then let's just let's skip the linebackers and let's go straight to the cornerbacks because there are or there is at least a player that could be beneficial to this team. And I think you, you and I would both agree. And that would be Morris Claiborne. I agree. Um, I, him being out there, I think, I think he could make this secondary. Uh, he, he basically aligns with everything that we're looking for currently in our, in our cornerbacks um, gives up big plays at times. Um, that would also go with uh, our current regime of, uh, cornerbacks as well so he'd fit right in they could all talk about uh each individual big play that they gave up once per game no um (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh, but yeah i think i think (laughs) (laughs) i mean captain munderland i guess technically like yeah sure we'll sign him like sharice right last year but munderland has more juice than right but he's 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 a south carolina guy just kind of forewarn you, so I know oh, all about God. him. Oh God, here we go. Yeah, give us Munner- the spiel on Munderland. He's a uh, he's a slot corner. There's a reason he he keeps continuously bouncing between the Vikings and the Panthers. Between the Vikings and the Panthers, they always find room for him on on their roster. One of those teams are going to sign him again. I, but that's a perfect way to describe him. He's solid, but he's not an outside corner. If you're relying on him. You're not in good shape. So that would kind of, if um, we have, but pl- we have plenty of players that can play slot corner. So I just, yeah, I can't see any reason why, even if with injuries during camp, I just can't see any reason why he'd be brought on. Maybe Brent Grimes, because Brent Grimes can play man, even though he's tiny and he's and getting old. old. But do you really think the Houston will want to deal with Miko Grimes? No. No, so, I think I think Morris Claiborne's really the only option Claiborne's on the cornerback. And just to give you the quality of this list, both Kayvon Webster and Reese Wright are listed. <laughs> so just to tell y'all why I keep reading these names and getting depressed, those are pretty much the triggers. Like seriously, these are the guys that are listed among best available. So it's either the lack of research I put into the agenda today, or it is literally uh, the lack of uh, free agent. Uh, players that are on the market and um, I'm going to lean towards the free agent market because um, I'm the one that put the effort into the agenda, but um, <laughs> and I'm just going to, no, I'm, I'm going to apologize I, for my kid having a 103 degree fever. Cause like no joke, this is a list of, Hey, these are names people will recognize um, and not to trash on anything on what, on what James did. Thank you for doing it. Oh, no, no. Trash it. I, I honestly don't care. I mean, we're at the point where the offseason, yeah. we're going to have to have fillers. So um, between now and OTAs and rookie mini camps and stuff like that, like we're going to have to find things to talk about. And I thought that since the comp pick went away, I thought this would be interesting because there are some players 
that could make a difference right. on and, this team and, and could find could could carve them out a, a role on, on the roster. To cut me off, like what I was trying to say, and not to trash this list, but these are the the type of guys that if anybody does actually get signed off of it, there would be a little bit of excitement because we they are all recognized names. However, I don't think that any of these guys really should be truly targets of the Texans because of their age. At, at this point with free agency, it's just kind of looking for guys that are athletes that have maybe flashed once or twice that were in bad situation, in my opinion. Like, you know, like maybe like a, like a Ryan Grant. Fair. Like, I think that he would kind of fit the mold um, on that. Maybe a Dontrell Inman, another guy that's got a lot of talent that's young. But for the most part, the guys listed on, on this list, we would get excited about because they are names, but they would ultimately disappoint us. Fair. Yeah, I think I think uh, Ryan Grant, Mo Claiborne, um, I, I still think Muhammad Wilkerson would be good. He's he's under the age of 30, um, was a first-round pick, has the talent, um, and maybe with the right coach it could be something. But um, Okay. John, what else do we have for this podcast? Honestly, not too much because, like you said, we got to stretch a lot of our ideas out for the whole season or all the rest of the offseason. We're in the quiet time. We are in the quiet Granted, time. we're going to have right. some offseason workouts to talk about here soon. So that always helps. Yes, thank God. Thank God. Are we going to go to a camp, to training camp? It's in Houston again, so I'm... I know. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm down for it. Okay, sweet. Uh, cool. Well, you know where you can find us. Just search Texans Unfiltered on your favorite podcast platform. Go to our patron page, patreon.com backslash Houston FB pod or Texans Unfiltered. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Houston FB pod. Uh, you can find our website at www.texansunfiltered.com. There you can find the discord as well. Um, we have an awesome Discord. Lots of lots of people talking about Texans on a regular basis. It's it's really turned out to be a really cool thing. Um, and you can catch us every week. Try to be every week. Life happens. But outside of that, um, I am Young Ari Gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered. We will catch you guys next week. When they had our backs up against the wall and said that we couldn't stand the pressure, we still got it done, man. When they said the clock was winding down and it wasn't enough time to get it done, we still got it done, man. Now it's our time to shine, it's our time to keep it 100. So we gon' go out here and show them how trill we are, baby. So you better get out the way, cause we coming for it. It's all for one, and it's one for all. Let's go. Here we are.